Welcome to this episode of Upcycling with Deb. In this podcast, we explore ways to take what you've got and make it better. I'm your host, Deb Colometta, and I can be reached at Twitter or Instagram at Deb Colometta, or you can find me on the website, thedebsite.com. And you can learn about my book that I wrote. It went to number one on Amazon. It's called Best Offer, Best Life. So I hope you will check that out. Today on the show, we have Mike D'Astasio, who is a media king and podcasting (laughs) royalty. That's a new one. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Mike. Well, Deb, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, Congratulations on the success of your new book um, and your new podcast. I mean, you're well on your way to becoming the next Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So this is going to be fun. Oh, great. Well, I have been a huge, huge fan of Mike and his show for as long as I can remember. Um, Thank you. He's got, what, have you got like hundreds of shows Um, we're, we're approaching uh, close to 250, 250 interviews. It's a lot of very well-known actors from Hollywood's golden age. I mean, the older era, which is what I like, the older television shows. And um, so it's going fine. It, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Well, excellent. So Mike's podcast is called Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid. And I'll put the information in the show notes for this episode and also on the screen for people who are watching it on TV. It's Real, R-E-E-L, Talk, Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid. You can search that on iTunes or your podcast provider and listen to any one of the hundreds of shows that Mike has done. Um, So, and what I love about it, many things, but it appeals to a huge range of listeners. If you like true crime, if you like biographies, autobiographies, Hollywood, um, conspiracy theories. Right. It's it's got all of that. Yeah, I've, I've done about ten, close to ten shows about my. I do. I call it my Hollywood murder mystery series. Um, I, I bring a lot of, a lot of well known authors on who's written books about the like the murder of Sal Mineo. It's a lot of Hollywood mur- Hollywood celebrities who got murdered. Uh, Sal Mineo is one of them. George Reeves, the original Superman. Um, Lana Turner, uh, she didn't get murdered, but <laughs> her boyfriend got murdered by her daughter, so they say. But um, things like that, and I, I like to try to give a lot of different variety to the show. If you're like a history buff, this is a show for you also. Um, I think one of my favorite episodes was actually the one about Superman. And oh, George Reeves. Yes. yes. Um, and I was actually in the car listening to that. <laughs> and I, I said, kids, put your headphones on. <laughs> they talked oh, bless about your that. soul. Uh, yeah, that was a great, that was a, that, the, the gentleman I had on was very informative. He's been doing the investigation about it for the past like 30 years. And uh, he's written a bunch of books about him. And um, what happened to him was very bizarre. If you don't know who George Reeves is, the original Superman, look him up. Um, very bizarre death. But I found that it was incredibly informative. And I actually was in the car with my mom at the time, and she's you know a huge fan of your show as well. And we we really we couldn't believe it because we'd always been told one thing about Superman, and your guest was so credible and presenting a different side right. of what might have happened. And we thought what a disservice that had been done to George Reeves for, you know, just blaming it on one circumstance right. when the author that you had on the show presented a whole new compelling case and made us really look at it in a different way. It's up on iTunes. It's up on SoundCloud. And if anybody wants to take a look at it, just type that one in. It's part of my Hollywood murder mystery series. Oh, it's fantastic. Now, that's one of my favorites. I have a <laughs> lot of favorites. But what's what are some of your favorite episodes that you've um, done? I did an episode early, early on. I've been doing it almost six years. Come, I believe it's next June of next year. Probably the f- 
five or six episodes in, I did an interview with Alex Rocco. His character on The Godfather was Mo Green. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was great. He's a Somerville guy, local guy. And um, he came on uh, over the phone. And I didn't, at that time, I didn't know he was sick at the time. He died a couple of months later. Wow. And uh, he gave me his last interview. And wow. I, really, I, I pulled a lot of strings, a lot of rope and a lot of chain to get him on the show. And uh, his wife was very nice. She, she orchestrated that. And um, she found out that I was a local guy. Yeah. And she said, you know what? He's got one more interview in him, and he wants to give it to you, which was a big deal for me. And um, gentleman, uh, uh, great, great guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of the interview, I, I ran lines back and forth with the Godfather with him. And, yeah. You know, you know who I am. I'm Mo Green. And it was just, it was a highlight for me. And But there's been so many. There's been tons and tons of interviews. I'm very fortunate because, like yourself, you you have to work at it. Right. Um, when you do a, a radio show or a podcast, anything you do in life, you have to work at it. Nothing comes easy. It's very difficult to do, but you build up a reputation in the industry well, Mike's got a show in Boston. So-and-so has a book out coming out. Or so-and-so has a new movie coming out. Let me hook up with Mike. Right. And you build a reputation. And, it, you know, if you do a good job, they keep coming at you, publicists, managers, and sometimes agents. And if you don't do a good job, they won't come at you no more. Right. So I've been doing, it like I said, almost 250 interviews, almost six years. And it's a labor of love for me. I'm a big movie guy. I got the nickname, the Hollywood Kid, as a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you're playing poker with your friends or whatever, hanging out with your buddies. And I used to always, my friends would get stumped on a movie line or a director or an actor. And I would be right there with the answer. And they say, after a while, they said, ask Mike. He's the Hollywood kid. He knows everything <laughs> about movies. And it just stuck. So I, I incorporated that into the show. Yeah. Well, it's true. You live up to that title for <laughs> sure. So any other um, big names that, that were your favorite? Um, oh, my goodness. One of my f- all-time favorite shows was with Larry King. Larry King is a, he's a that one. Larry's a legend in the, in the industry and again another great great guy he came on and took gave me like 40 35 40 minutes of his time he's a busy guy uh, he came on it was about a year ago and just aces for me because that was for me that was the pinnacle I watched used to watch Larry King every night when he had the show on CNN and you know when somebody big passed away like a you know Elizabeth Taylor passed away that was a big night for me I would sit there in front of the couch. He used to have this old Hollywood columnist on named James Bacon. He was great. He just, he was me on steroids times 10. He was just, he knew everything about the old days about Hollywood. And he he recently passed away. But when he came on, I was riveted to the television. Right. Riveted. Larry King was great. Larry came on. Had episodes up on SoundCloud as well. Well, I love that you can definitely see his influence on you in your interviews because you are both excellent storytellers and very skilled interviewers <laughs> where you let the person talk. Right, and right. I've told you that before. Right, That's right. one of my favorite things is that you ask the question and then you step back and you let right. them tell their story. I, I try. I give the people the analogy as they, they ask me questions about how do you interview. And when I ask a question, I'm like a boxing referee. I try to be a boxing referee. I try to just let them fight and get out of the way. You just want to see the two guys going at it. And you just, where's the referee? You don't see him because he's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to do. I, and, and most importantly, and you know this as well, you have to do your homework. Right. You have to do your research. It's all about research. Because when somebody, when you ask a question and they're talking, you, you can interject. I know that story about Marlon Brando. Oh, wow, you knew that one. Yeah, then you can elaborate with that. And you do little things like that. And that's what I try to do. I try to give my audience something they never knew. You know, and that's the, that's the key to, to a good show. 
Well, that's one thing that you do so well in the show is that you pull these facts out of nowhere. <laughs> and I, I I gain respect for you as a listener, but I think that that's something that really helps your guests too, I'm sure, that right. they are thinking it, as they're answering, wow, this guy knows his stuff. So you command that respect. It's funny. It's funny because a couple, like last month I had a gentleman named Stuart Pankin. Stuart Pankin's been in everything. He's been in the Hollywood Nights. He was in Fatal Attraction. He's been in a ton of movies. But I had him on last month and I, I you know, again, I try to hit him with questions that they've never been heard of. and i asked him a question i forget what it was and he says he said what are you a wizard <laughs> he goes what you how did you know that and then at the end i asked him another question he'd never heard before and he goes then he goes wait a minute this is this is too creepy for me nobody knows that you must have talked to one of my friends i said no no you just gotta research yeah you and do your homework yeah you gotta do your homework well, do you? I never, I never done any homework in six years of high school, <laughs> so I do it now. <laughs> well, that's something that we talk about a lot on this show is that you got to put in the work, right? And if you want to have success, yeah, there is a little bit of luck that's involved, but for the most part, it's really putting in the work, and right. you can absolutely tell that you do that. The one, another reason why you know that you're skilled at what you do is because you make it look easy. Right. So you had said that there's a lot of research that goes into an interview. What are some other ways that you prepare before a big interview? I mean, I watch a lot of their older interviews. And a lot of of these guys and women that come on the show, it's like cliche. It's Mm -hmm. almost like they're they're reading from a script. Because it's like they come on my show and it's like, wow, he said that on the other show. He said that also on another show I heard him on, on another show. It's like they're reading from a script. And that's where I try to mix it up a little bit. I try to put up a, like maybe a wall, like, whoa, wait a minute. Let's stop and go back. Talk up a little bit about and, you know this, this, and that. And I, don't, I want to get away from that because I don't want my, my interview to sound the same as, you know, let's say, uh, hypothetically, a Jimmy Kimmel. Right. You don't want it to sound as same as, you know, the guy in Milwaukee who had him on his her, her radio show. Right. You know, you want it to sound different. That's... Another great thing that you do is you make the the listener feel that emotion. And I remember I was listening to the episode with Gavin McLeod. Oh my goodness! And he is the a doll. The, ca- the captain of the love boat. A doll. And he was Murray on yeah um, um, Mary Tyler Moore. And I I won't spoil it because I want people to listen to the episode. <laughs> but I was crying at the end of the yeah. episode. He was a doll. And again, I try to go from beginning to middle to end. That was my last question. And I, I said, I don't want to ask that because I know he's going to get emotional. Right. Especially the older actors and actresses. At the end, I try to give him something that's sentimental and, you know, like you had such an amazing career. It's something you should be commended for and you've given so many memories to so many people and so many generations you know, even in another hundred years when you're gone, that they'll get to watch you like a, you know, like a happy days type of character. Right. You know, and um, I've had a lot of them on. And, you know, Marion Ross came on a couple times. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> she's she's, she's a hot ticket. Yeah, she's a doll. <laughs> she just came up with a book. And again, I, I you know, I've been very lucky, but you, like, you, like we say, you, you have to work at it. You have to. You have right. to work at it. I love listening to the interviews and so many of the people, I know who they are. And like you said, even if you don't know the name, you know what they've starred in or right. their behind the scenes roles. Um, one of the reasons why I love old Hollywood is because my parents love old Hollywood. Growing up in my house, I tease my parents about this to this day, but we never had cable TV. And um, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it was just to, you know, we were just trying to save money. Yeah, it's probably expensive. <laughs> it is. It was expensive. It was such a luxury. And now right. today everybody has cable. Um, but I always laugh because my parents are kind of ahead of the curve because everyone's talking about, oh, cutting, cutting the cord with cutting cable. The... And they're like, 
we don't have to do that. We're, we've been doing that for years and <laughs> um, saving a ton of money and um, and really made me watch the reruns that were on TV, you know, WLVI and um, all the old movies that were on on Saturdays, yeah. whatever was on TV. So that's what made me really love old Hollywood. And, and hearing your interviews brings me back to that. Our families would go watch television in the living room with a wooden television that was like weighed 3,000 pounds. And nowadays, families with the phones and everybody's running around and everybody's busy picking up the kids and dropping them off. And there's there's no family, you know, time anymore. And you have to try to make that. Right. And, you know, there's sometimes when a movie comes on, I get my kids and like, it's a mad, 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 mad world. I believe it was 1963. That's like my all time favorite movie of all time. Wow. It, it may not be the best quality for, for a lot of the purists out there, for, but for me, again, it's a sentimental thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch it with my kids watch it, and it's a generational movie. You can pass that. They, my kids can pass it on. They always oh, to watch it with my dad and my mom, and we used to laugh. And it, it's a family movie, and right. those are very rare nowadays. Um, See, I actually did an interview um, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Bobby Rivers. Bobby Rivers is a gentleman. He came on my show a bunch of times. He used to host, host his own VH1 show, and... Um, just a really good guy. We talked about movies today, and the acting has been taking taken out of the the films. It's all CGI, and they put you on these big these big pulleys and these harnesses, and they you know, and, all right, move. There's going to be a meteor coming at you now. Move. Oh, right, right. You know, it's not my kind of film, and and you know the older films where there was better storylines, there was better acting. Um, you know, the, the actors were, they were stars. It's, it stands up to time. Even right. my favorite show of all time is I Love Lucy. And oh I have goodness, a shrine yeah. to her in my house. I have <laughs> I've heard about this famous shrine. The memorabilia and stuff <laughs> from the actual set. And um, I, it just, it's as relevant today. We crack up watching right. it because it's quality. And I feel like even the older movies, people kind of rip it off. Creativity in Hollywood is, um, there's not really much to really get excited about. Um, the Irishman just came out um, a couple weeks ago, and, you know, that's a great film. I actually try, I almost had Joe Pesci on my show, which was would have been a really big deal for me. Um, very close with his manager, and she's great. And she just said, Mike, he would. I would love for him to come on your show. You have no idea, because I know her very well. And she said he doesn't do interviews. She yeah. goes, we turned down more projects more interviews with like ABC News, all these big media outlets. We just turned them down. He wants. He just turns down everything. And, but that would have been great. That would have been a good one. Well, what, what's one of your most difficult interviews to land? What was one of the things you're like, wow, I can't believe I got that one? Um, I recently, I had Michael Madsen on. Michael oh, Madsen yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from Reservoir Dogs, and he's like a he's like a Mickey Rourke type, like a bad boy. Yeah. So he came on. That was great, but. You know, when you're dealing with with publicists all every day, I deal with email. You have to get involved and you got to follow up. Right. I mean, I go through my emails regularly, right. and they're like eight months old. And it's like, oh, come back in, you know, December and next year or something. And you just, oh, now it's December of next year, and now you send an email. Right. You follow up. You have to follow up. And you you go for it, though. I, I actually, one of um, my previous shows, I was talking with a guest about how you have that follow-up and you get where you are because you raised your hand and you right. went for it and you actually took action on yeah, it. Yeah, so. you know, it's, you know, I'm at the point in my life where it really doesn't make a difference to me if you say no. I, like, rejection is something in this industry where you hear it constantly right. or you don't get a response or they don't answer your voicemail. They don't respond to your voicemail or email or your text and you get that constantly. You have it's to, part of the it's game. It's part of the industry. Yep. It's part of the game. And, but, you know, you have to be aggressive as well. You have to, 
you know, pick up the phone and people, I get it, people, Mike, how do you get these people? My God, you got Paul Sorvino, you had Frank Stallone, you, you got Larry King, Ed Asner, everybody. I'm like, you gotta pick up the phone, dude. Again, it's all about reputation. You have to have a good reputation in this industry or they will not come to you. One of the interviews that you did that um, you posted recently was with Michael Francesi. Oh my goodness. And that interview was fascinating. I, I felt that, I have to tell you, we, we have not discussed this, but I actually had to listen to that interview in three parts because I found it, it was almost, you did a great job with it, but the <laughs> oh, content was almost difficult to listen to because- yeah. I'm nervous interviewing you. Were you nervous interviewing <laughs> no someone from formally, formally, allegedly, from the mob? Yeah, uh, for, from, for the audience out there who do not know, he was the, um, a captain in the Colombo crime family, and he dealt with John Gaudis of the world. He dealt with a lot of the big bosses, and in the, in he came on, and I was nervous as heck. And you were? It didn't <laughs> come across at all. Yeah, you, mean, sound, you sounded cool as a cucumber. <laughs> uh, you know, when people come, I have, I'm used to deal with authors and celebrity <laughs> actors and actresses and everything like that. I'm like, it's, there's a point where when I'm doing this intro, I'm like, oh my God, this guy, <laughs> this guy is huge yeah. in the industry. And, I mean, in, in that field, he was like number one and he called the shots. Literally. But he's a great guy. Now, he, you know, he, he found God, found Jesus, and um, he's doing some great things nowadays. I follow him on social media. But I kept in touch with him and, and he, believe it or not, he is the person I dealt with. She was great. And he should be coming here in February. We're going to probably hook up and hopefully he doesn't have any, somebody doesn't have a vendetta against them while we're eating dinner or something. <laughs> well, you, have, you did a great job, so you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, that was, a that was a really good interview. Very well-received interview and a lot of great feedback. And, you know, again, my audience knows what I do. I mean, I've been doing it for six years and when they see me post a guest, they're like, what the heck? Where'd he come up with this yeah, guy? I remember yeah. this guy 30 years ago. Yeah. And that's what I like to do. Gentleman I had on like four or five times, his name is Frank Severo. He was the guy in Goodfellas that they hung on the meat hook. He was in The Godfather Part Two, And he's a crazy guy, but he's a fun guy. He's a great, I love the guy. We talk all the time. He calls me all the time. Mike, why you banned? You lose my number. But he's had an incredible career. And But he's a guy that hasn't been around in a while in terms of you know, at the theaters or in television shows, but he's semi-retired. But, you know, when I brought him on the show, I brought him on like four or five times, but the initial time I brought him on, the reaction was like, wow, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Oh, my God, where have you, where's he been? And it's a lot of what I do is try to tweak people's brains a little bit. Right. And they have the best stories. That's right, the right, thing. Right, they, that's, not only do they have good stories, but they have good right. stories about other people that they've worked right, with. Right, right. And, and that's a great point because I talk about all the time, I say, well, Mike, why don't you get some of the younger generation of actors? It's like, well, I mean, I'm more than happy to put them on. But for me, for my show, what I do, I need some stories. That's the other thing that's very fascinating is that, you know, we've talked about how old Hollywood is so glamorous. But the flip side of it is that the studio system was so controlling. Right. And I love that many of your episodes expose that in a way that we really hadn't considered before. I mean, maybe people who follow old Hollywood know that it was contrived and um, they right. really they, they, kept a they, tight leash right. on They nurtured them. someone's career, like a Judy Garland or like Elizabeth Taylor, Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of what the studio system did back then. But to their credit, they cranked out some great products, some great movies, right. some great, great movies. Absolutely. And you get the behind-the-scenes scoop yeah, when yeah. listening to your and show. I, I want to hear a story about Marlon Brando or, mm -hmm. you know, some other old-time actor. And But that's what the beauty of the show is. 
do you have anybody on the horizon that you're trying to get or that you want to get? Can you give us the scoop <laughs> on who might be coming up? Um, I got some people booked. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some more Hollywood murder mysteries. I have a, I have a true crime. I'm starting to segue into a little true crime. Mm-hmm. But it, it is difficult. We talked before off the air, but it is difficult to get book guests, especially when you do this show like this, what I do. And I try to have a celebrity every week. Well, I love it, and you just you have a great story. And um, how did you get into all this anyway? <laughs> that, that that's a funny story. It's <laughs> funny you asked. I initially started doing the show with local actors. I had a couple of local actors on. They were great to come on, but I says, you know, let me try to get a celebrity. That was a big deal for me back then. It was like six years ago, and again, I'm the I love movies. And I said, let me reach out to somebody, and I I reached out to Robert Davi on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's been in Goonies. He sings now. Oh, he's sure. a, now he's a Frank Sinatra singer. He does a lot. He's a great guy, and I he got back to me. He said, "Sure." I'm like, you "Gotta be kidding me!" <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about this radio stuff, and um, so it's funny because the day of the show, the night, the next day, I gave him, I, I sent him a message. I said, "Hey, Robert, tomorrow night we got the show." And he wrote back, is oh, sorry, Mike, I can't do it. I already promoted it. Ugh. I already promoted it on social media and everything. Oh, my first big celebrity guest. I, he said, I can't do it. I'm like, oh, dude. <laughs> he said, can we reschedule? I go, yeah, I didn't even know I could. Yeah. I just said, yeah, okay, absolutely. And, I, and I, I did it that morning, like 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'll always be indebted to him for doing that. I've been very lucky to it. Just, there's a lot of luck involved. I've been dealing with the gentleman right now, Ted Dimitriotis, at... Um, WNTN AM 50 show airs on AM 1550 WNTN and that's a legendary I've come to find out that's a very legendary place Howard Stern started there mm-hmm. Vinnie Peruzzi used to play disco there back in the, in the 80s and 70s and um, so I've been very very lucky and they've been very nice to me and everybody's nice to me and it's taught me so much well it's full circle because I feel like I've learned so much from oh my you, goodness. and you're like my <laughs> podcasting mentor. So oh I, my God, I, God bless you. I really appreciate you. Well, you're you. doing great. You're doing oh. great in your own right. You don't need anybody's help, baby. You're a pro. <laughs> Look at you. You got everything laid out here. Oh, thank you. But that's the way to do it. You got your yeah. notes. You got your sheet. But that's the way to do it. That's right. We keep moving forward. You you do, and you do it so well, and we enjoy the show. I've I've gotten so many friends and family that <laughs> listen and subscribe, and I hope that people will subscribe to Real Talk with the Hollywood kid, Mike D'Astasio. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, so you, know, go, you can follow me. I'm on Twitter at Mike D'Astasio. Like my Facebook page at Real Talk with the Hollywood kid. All my show updates are up there and who's coming on next and who's coming on. It's it's a passion. I love it. I do have one extra grind with you. Um, I was home. It wasn't me. I was home <laughs> sleeping. I, I talk to my parents just about every day. And ever since I introduced them to your show, I call them at night. And now, most nights, they say, you know what? we got to call you right back. We've got Mike D'Astasio oh on. When I hear stories like that, it warms my heart. Uh, dude, I just looked on iTunes. People are listening to you. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> it's thank well you. they should. I love it. I love it. Well, you can tell. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for being here <laughs> well, today. Thank you for having me, Deb. You are well on your way to be, I mean, I'm going to be coming to you for advice oh. <laughs> very soon. And I mean that because you're very prepared. And, you know, it's one of those things you take away from me when you see people. And it's all about research and all about homework. Well, thank you very, very much. Right back at you. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, you can listen to Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid with Mike Testazio. And um, if you'd like more information about me or my book, you can go to 
www.thedebsite.com. Reach me on Instagram and Twitter at Deb Colometta. Thank you very much, Mike, for being here today. Thank you to Stoneham TV for hosting us. Tune in next time where you can learn more about how to upcycle your life. Okay, great. Thank you so much. That was fun. 